0: This is Impact, the daily look at how we are coping with the coronavirus in Nevada. I'm Carrie Kaufman. So, we're home till April 30th. Governor Steve Sisolak extended the state's shelter-in-place order this morning. That means schools stay closed, resorts stay closed, and only essential businesses remain open. And counties have shown that they will punish businesses that are non-essential and who remain open. Clark County took away business licenses from about eight entities this week, mostly bars and gyms that refused to close. It's especially important that you do not go out if you are an immigrant without authorization. ICE is still out there, believe it or not. People are still being picked up, and they are put in jails where social distancing is laughable. We'll talk about all that for the next half hour on Impact. And I want to bring in today's co-host, Akiko Cooks. Akiko started the group No Racism in Schools. Akiko, welcome.
1: Hi, Carrie. Thank you. Hey. Nice to see you again, or kind
0: of see you. Kind of see you, hear you. Um, <laughs> yeah. so, so I want to go right to the news here. Um, mm-hmm. The IRS wants to get checks out to people by April 17th, which is three almost two and a half weeks away. Uh, there mm-hmm. are specific requirements, like making less than $75,000. That determines how much, if anything, you're going to get. Um, we're gonna have. I'll, I will have a link to that on the Nevada Voice uh, Facebook page for details. But um, what do you have any questions about how this is gonna work? I have lots of questions about how this is gonna work. I do. Um, so how they are?
1: Well, I know that they are gathering who gets a check through the IRS as far as um, direct deposit and checks and all that that sort of thing.
0: Right. If you have, if you have uh put a uh, put a or you have had direct deposit before in 2018 or 19 then mm-hmm. uh then they have you on file and they're just going to give you the money um but there are a lot of people who don't and there are a lot of people who um who haven't uh, who haven't qualified to to uh uh do a tax return And therefore haven't Mm -hmm. done one and they're wondering what they could do. There are lots of also also people who are independent contractors Mm -hmm. and I'm hearing they're going to be covered. Um, But there's just so many more questions that I have.
1: Lots and lots of questions. (laughs) Um, So what I'm wondering is what what's the fine what's the fine print, Mm. which I believe it's basically an advance on our taxes for next year. Ah. Uh, so I don't know that it's just, hey, here's a gift.
0: <laughs> I yeah, mean, I, I have. Loaning
1: us our money early.
0: <laughs> right. I've seen that, too. And I don't think that people are aware of that. So let's check into that and, uh, and come back okay. to that uh, the next time we're on. Uh, numbers. I'm going to go through the numbers. About 25,000 people in the U.S. have been confirmed to have coronavirus, uh, 25,000. Uh, more people, I should say, today. Uh, That makes a total number of cases over 185,000. That's about a thousand. There's about a thousand more people who have died today. The death toll is now over 4,700. But in Nevada, it's uh, close to 1,300, a little less than that. Uh, And five more people died today, bringing our total to 31. For context, again, New York cases, uh, the numbers rose to 84,000 today. So they have 84,000 and we have not quite 1,300. Uh, so there is a, a big difference. I, I think that we're doing a really good sh- job sh- social distancing. Maybe the governor just needed to remind us today to get off the roads and keep doing this because it seems to be working. Um, but the models, and I, I've been looking all, at all these statistics all over the internet. There's a, there's one from the Institute of Health Metrics and Evaluation, and they're showing that we're just starting to move up on that bell curve towards our peak. So this—it it is really important that you stay home. Uh, it, are you still seeing people not staying home, Akiko?
1: I am. When I go to, if I if I have to go to the store... And that's the only place I'm going. It, it has to be for supplies that are needed that I can't order, or I ran out and I need it right then. Right. Um, it looks regular. It doesn't look like
0: you mean on the street. It looks on like when you go to the grocery store looks, when you're yeah
1: yes. It looks regular. Like um, where are you guys going? Everything is closed. Yeah, where that's are you where, y'all going. Yeah. And where I also
0: I also went to get after the show last night. I went to uh, get dinner mm-hmm. at a takeout restaurant that I go to a lot. And um mm-hmm. it, they were only you could only get it uh, you couldn't go in the store, they were only get, doing curbside and um, and they, it was a forty minute wait so mm. so the restaurants that are open are swamped. the restaurants that can do takeout, probably because people are doing you know they're ordering from home and having some sort of delivery service uh, deliver it. Mm-hmm. but it yeah. does it does seem like it's it's gotten back to regular, um, and hopefully this is uh, this announcement this morning that that we've extended the stay at home orders, and I have a feeling we're going to go past April thirtieth. Uh, maybe that you. will, yeah, maybe that will will get people to to get into their houses. I'm having trouble keeping my eighty year old dad at home, so we're working on it. Um, I want to I want to say that we we talked about something yesterday about a hospitality worker parade that was going to start at Town Square tonight and uh, end Mm -hmm. up downtown. That's been canceled, so I just wanted to let people know. Uh, Of course, it was supposed to start at 5, so people have already figured out that it's been canceled, but I'll find out why and what's going on with that. I I didn't think it was a great idea to begin with. Also, I saw today, and this this is good news for my kids who are graduating in 2021, the College Board, which administers the SAT, has decided to t- totally cancel the test for this year. And NPR reported today that many colleges and universities are now foregoing the need to take the test. They're not, like, accepting any tests at all. Uh, that includes universities like Tufts in Boston or just outside of Boston. Uh, so uh, do you have a kid who is graduating with, with mine, right? In 2021, correct? Yes. Yep, Corey. Um, Corey. So. Um, so yeah, so our kids kind of get off on that; they don't have to actually take the test. I'm, they'll be happy
1: about that. Yes, because they were tired of all the testing. Yes, <laughs>
0: like yes, yeah. Really now that, if we test could again, <laughs> if we could only do that with like SBACs, you know, not college testing. If we could just say, "Oh, gee, mm-hmm. well, we seem to be doing well without all of mm-hmm. this testing." Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What whatever. Um, we are, I, um, one of the things that, uh, I wanted to talk about today is, uh, you are an anti, oh boy, I've got my, got my thing on. Um, you are, uh. An activist, you are an anti-racism activist, and you got into this because your son and eight other kids who are black were uh, were um, threatened at Arborview last year. But now you're getting paid to be an activist. You're not doing this for free anymore. Talk to me about your new job.
1: So I am now um, a fellow for Plan Nevada, Plan Action, and um, come to find out, I've been an organizer right. my whole life. <laughs> so, um, And I, I do it from the heart. I do it because I love to liberate my people and help us to get to where we need to be, where we deserve to be. So it feels good to be a part of something that is is, is selfless. Just if you're doing the work most of the time, it's because you—it's a passion for you, and you have a passion to help people. So, that's a good thing to be in that type of space mm. with people who are really out here wanting to make the change. And those are the people that you don't usually see—you don't usually see them everywhere, right? Because they're so busy working. And I like that. Right. I love that part of it.
0: Good for you. Good for you. Lockdown is our specialty here in Nevada, and I <laughs> want to talk a little bit about the things that we're doing to keep ourselves busy. You've got three kids, right? Am I right about that? Yeah. And I got I two to, yeah. and an 80-year-old man. And, uh, and the 80-year-old man definitely is the one that I'm having trouble keeping down. Um, but uh, we're, uh, we are uh, baking a lot. And uh, watching Mm. a lot of Netflix. There's a lot of good stuff on Netflix that we've Mm -hmm. been running, um, wanting to do for a long time. Of course, the girls are working and I'm working. uh, So that's a a really good thing. Uh, What are you up to? What are you guys doing at home?
1: So we've been doing a lot of cleaning. Like literally like scrubbing down the porch and um, getting creative. So like I'm decorating my house and it looks um, very springish in here. Nice. So I just have all this decorative, like bright peach and lime green stuff all around the house with like, lim- like lemonade stand type stuff to just bring spring indoors and, and make my house a little bit brighter and decorating and changing our rooms around and nice. coloring
0: and nice.
1: Almost everything. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know yep. what, actually that's uh that's something that I saw something posted on Facebook the other day about um, tell have ask have your kids ask you uh, what your least favorite thing to do is and then uh um and then have them do that least favorite thing like what your least favorite <laughs> chore is right but also i remember when my kids were little it was i you know they didn't do well at cleaning when they were 3 but they mm-hmm. per, they cleaned and so uh that, that's something to get your kids involved in uh that you know taking out the, the trash and um, redoing the, the garage where you have everything and you just kind of like plunked there when you had time to decide what you were going to be doing with it. Uh, so those are some of the things that you can do with your kids uh, during this. Uh, but we're going to go right now to the interview. The Washington Post reported today that the Department of Homeland Security's emergency stockpiles of protective gear are dangerously low. This includes gloves, face masks, and other medical supplies. They said that the stockpile was designed to respond to a handful of cities. This was from the Washington Post. It was never built or designed to fight a 50-state pandemic. The Guardian also reported yesterday that the day after California's shelter-in-place order ICE agents raided immigrant communities, putting dozens of people in detention. But get this, the ICE agents were wearing N95 masks. You know, those masks that medical professionals are desperate to get. Yesterday, the ACLU of Nevada filed a lawsuit over detentions of two immigrants who have pre-existing conditions that make them more vulnerable to the virus. This follows a handful of lawsuits around the country in which the ACLU has prevailed and gotten people out of detention. Uh, listen to these descriptions. Uh, it would be odd to deny an injunction to inmates who plainly proved an unsafe, life-threatening condition in their prison on the ground that nothing has yet happened to them. Uh, This is an unprecedented time in our nation's history filled with uncertainty, fear, and anxiety. But in the time of a crisis, our response to those at particularly high risk must be with compassion and not apathy. The government cannot act with a callous disregard for the safety of our fellow human beings. Those are from a, few, a couple of the lawsuits that were filed. And right now, we are going to bring in Paloma Guerrero, who has been fighting uh, for immigrants for a while uh, for, with the UNLV Immigration Clinic. Uh, Paloma, welcome to the show.
2: Hi, Carrie. I'm happy to be
0: here. So I, I I want to, like, we haven't heard a whole lot about ICE because we've been overwhelmed with coronavirus stories. But uh, are they still arresting people in Nevada?
2: Yes, Carrie, we're seeing that they are still arresting people. Like that article in The Guardian that was published yesterday says now they're on the community with N, those N95 masks that our healthcare workers can't even get right now. Um, this blatantly shows that they really think that immigration enforcement is more important than the public safety right now.
0: Yeah, I think that's interesting. Is there something um, illegal about that? Like, like I feel like like we're talking about, uh, you know, um, uh, punishment that is uh, that is too much, right? It is cruel and unusual. Is, is there something about that that uh, that that is unconstitutional that can go to the Supreme Court, perhaps? Well,
2: what we're seeing in the lawsuits that are being filed, they are actually habeas petitions. So uh, what attorneys are doing is they're actually circumventing the immigration courts and asking for bonds for People to be released, they're going straight to district courts, mm. um, who can make a decision on whether a person is released through a habeas petition. Um, so through these petitions, those arguments are definitely made um, that this is an unprecedented, unprecedented time right now. Um, ICE is showing, uh, like the, the the judges in the cases you just mentioned said, uh, reckless disregard for human life. Mm-hmm. They're not putting policies in place to protect people in detention centers um, to follow uh, these social distancing guidelines that are very important to curb the virus and its spread. Um, and so it's just, right. again, like a reckless disregard for for the public safety, not only for immigrants who are Housed in these cramped spaces, uh, Nevada Southern Detention Center has bunk beds. They are oh literally my. sleeping on top of each other. Not only are they putting them at risk, but they're putting staff that work there at risk. Right. Of I go home to their families.
0: I, I want to know if, if, you, if you've talked to staff or anybody you know has talked to staff and how they're feeling about this.
2: I have not talked to any staff, no.
0: Okay. Because uh, I would, if I worked at a detention center, I would be pretty scared right now.
2: Right. Yeah, it would be a really scary place to be.
0: So it's not really cool um, t- for, the, for the ICE uh, people to have N95 masks. Is it illegal for them to have those masks?
2: Um, I'm not. I know that they um, had put out a request. So they requested from the federal government to get those masks. Mm. So the federal government was the one that honored that request and sent them to them. It's not it's not like they themselves went to the store to pick some up. Right. Like they they put in the request for the federal government and the federal government was the one who honored that and gave them those supplies to do their job. Um, Fascinating. So I, I don't know of any litigation specifically on the allocation of those resources, because as we know, our health care workers are the ones who need it the most right now.
0: Right. And uh, and care workers are, are desperate for it and our stockpiles uh, are going down uh and and is ice an essential business i mean i know that there's no a national shutdown order um but picking up people who are you know who ran a, ran a stop sign or probably less uh um is that are, are we considering that essential yeah definitely not the vast majority of people who are
2: in ice attention have no violent criminal history mm-hmm. um They keep saying that they're only putting, you know, the worst of the worst and they're only picking up people who are public safety risks. Um, But that's just that's blatantly untrue. And what we see for people who are detained um, are there people who have prior removal order. So they were removed um, before and came back in be- mm-hmm. mostly because their family is all here and they have nobody in what con- the, whatever country they
0: mm-hmm.
2: they were f- removed to. Um, so, no, it's not an essential business. They're not doing um, important work. They're not keeping our community safer. They're endangering our community. Uh, they're undermining all of the efforts that the governor of Nevada is trying to do in um, curbing this virus.
0: Interesting. Akiko, I'm going to bring you in here because you have also been working on trying to get people out of uh, jail, uh, specifically uh, black women. Uh, talk to me about this. Yo, Akiko. Akiko. I think she went you away. Can you hear me? Yeah, okay. I can hear Hello? you. Okay, okay here okay,
1: I am. Okay, um, so it's National Bell-, Bell Out is a national organization mm-hmm. and independent organizations collaborate together on this initiative that happens every year prior to mother's day to bail out black women for mother's day to get them back home Mm -hmm. um so pre-trial detention and cash bail, we literally raise funds and go and bail people directly out we don't know who they are we you know we get their name from a list we go we usually would be going in to see them to get permission and and try to help them um, to prepare to come home Mm -hmm. and how we can help them with that Mm -hmm. supportive services after the bail. Um, well now we just switched and are responding to COVID and bailing out anyone who is like 60 or over to, um, continue to assist our people the way that we can. And it's become a little harder because everything is online versus doing Mm -hmm. fundraising where people are in your face, like you guys are, and and we can't do that, but we're still doing it. Like last week we bailed out four women, but three of them, we don't, they won't let us bail them out. So we're now trying to find out what's the hole now. You literally have people sitting in there for warrants, for for a seatbelt ticket or a DU, something that's, that is not a risk to anyone. Mm. And people need to be home right now, not in jail. Right. Just because they either can't afford to bail out or, you know, something it's always something that is just keeping people held down. Right. And we're just all across the country just swarming through and bailing people out. And
0: how are you getting um, the money for this?
1: We're fundraising.
0: Wow. These are we're we're five.
1: Yeah, we're 501 C3. So we do lots of fundraising. Um, And and Again, we're being very creative right now Mm -hmm. (laughs) where you're just at home. But right. um, plan and mass liberation, like it, it's all of the organizations that are working together, um, feel kind of superheroish.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So we're going to talk about this more uh, next week, and we're we're, we're yes. going to talk about um, uh, prisons rather than jails because you know, prisons yes. are people go to after they have been convicted of something. Jails, Community, detention centers, cages. right? Right. You're working to get people out who have not been convicted. Both of you are working, working to get people out who have not been convicted of anything uh, and are in jail because they didn't have their seatbelt on or they ran a red light or they may have rolled through a stop sign or something like this. I just want to remind people that you are listening to IMPACT. Uh, Impact is a half-hour show on at 7 o'clock every night at KUNV that is looking into uh, many issues surrounding the coronavirus. We are talking to Kiko Cooks, who, who you have just heard, and Paloma Guerrero, who is an attorney for the Immigration Clinic at UNLV. Uh, Paloma, I want to come back to you um, Talk to me about what life is like in these facilities. You said that there are bunk beds and people are literally on top of each other. Uh, If if, uh, There's no way to social distance at all. And what if somebody gets sick?
2: Yeah, there really isn't an effective way to social distance, which is what Mm -hmm. the judges who have ordered the release of Isotanes have shown. Um, If a person exhibits symptoms, um, I learned through the... ACLU motion uh the the lawsuit that was filed yesterday Mm -hmm. that there are 13 detainees who are in quote-unquote isolation that's a really nice way of putting uh it that they're actually in solitary confinement um that's what their protocol is right now um ICE detention centers are actually no different from anybody who is going to local jails, jail on criminal matters. Right. Um, mm. Even though it's supposed to be civil detention, um, they're still wearing the same, you know, orange jumpsuit. They ha- abide by the same rules. Um, at Henderson Detention Center, they are housed in the same units with people who are there for criminal matters. Um, at the Nevada Southern Detention Center. They are housed separately, uh, but they are in those bed bunk um, yeah. like rooms that you see in the movies and stuff. Mm-hmm. When you look at ICE detention centers, mm-hmm. um, it's like a giant multi-purpose room filled with bunk beds, um, literally sleeping on top of each other. And um, when when we go into these detention centers. Uh, The main thing that my clients complain about, have always complained about, even in the best of times before this virus, is a lack of medical attention that they get. Hmm. So even before you have this epidemic where there is a risk of a high number of people being sick, um, it took about two to three months for a a person putting in a medical request to see a doctor to even see the doctor. Interesting.
0: so well, what, one of the questions I have, though, is it, it, they put them, first of all, they put them in, in isolation, which is hmm. just astonishing, right? If you're sick, they're, they're going to put, put you alone in a room uh, and probably not check on you that much. Um, but, but what I find interesting is that people actually have to be symptomatic. But we all know that we are contagious before we're symptomatic. So what are they yeah. doing about that?
2: They're not. They so ICE has put up policies. So when so when the in these lawsuits, so when um, the judge asked ICE, "What are you doing to um, protect people who are in the, these detention centers?" They say, "Oh, they're screening detainees upon intake for risk factors, or isolating people who report symptoms, um, and then providing soap and hand sanitizer." But just as you said, people can be asymptomatic and still mm-hmm. be carrying and be transmitting the virus. Mm-hmm. Um, and they could or they could just develop the symptoms later, so they're not adequately protecting people, um, which is why we're seeing a huge number of these uh, district court judges uh, granting the release of ICE detainees because they do understand that these precautions are not enough.
0: Hmm. Uh, ICE detention. This is a, this is a civil issue, right? Like they, they are they, they, in Henderson, at least, um, people who were picked up for immigration uh, violations are housed with people who are uh, picked up for criminal violations. But this does not go to criminal court. So they could release everybody that they picked up for an immigration violation, and, uh, and they would be fine doing that, right?
2: Yeah. ICE has the inherent discretion to release people from detention, and their refusal to do so, again, shows the lack of respect for everybody in there.
1: Right. And they can, um, does, the, does the does the governor have the power to um shut ice down and tell them okay no more who has the power
2: uh ICE to... field directors have the power the department of justice has the power mm. it's about putting pressure on the people in, in power so our field our local field office is actually in salt lake city um mm. there are there have been there has been a letter that was sent to the field field office director in Salt Lake city signed on by 20 local organizations, um, to demand that ice release people. Um, uh, we never heard back from them, um, which was to be expected, unfortunately. Um, but there, there is a nationwide call for, uh, okay. for ice to release people, because just as you said, this is a, a civil issue. This is right. not a criminal issue. Right. They, uh, they say that they, rele- they detain people so that it is more likely that they'll show up to their court hearings. Well, you know, they don't have a choice to show up to their court hearings because they're detained. Um, but even people who are released, 97% of people uh, show up to their court hearing. Right. So this this uh, conclusion that we're detaining everybody uh, so that everybody can show up to their court hearing isn't a, a very good reason at the end of the day.
0: Have you run into people who just don't believe that the coronavirus is a real thing? I mean, that you know, we have states, uh, whole states that just don't believe this and aren't going to put any protections in place. Have you run into people uh, in that in that ICE framework who aren't taking this seriously because they just, they don't believe it's a serious thing? I'm not,
2: I think it's, I think they know it's a serious thing. I think they just don't care. <laughs> That's even
0: worse. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was trying to make maybe get them off the hook a little bit, no, right, no you know? I think they,
2: they really just don't care. Wow. Uh,
0: okay, Paloma. Um, how many clients do you have now who are in ICE detention? You're dealing with mostly kids, right?
2: Uh, oh, no, I, we do have an attorney at the office who deals mostly with children. Oh, okay. uh, there is no uh, detention center in Nevada Thankfully, that houses children. Okay. Um, those are in Arizona, Texas, and I think California has one. So I I have uh, clients who are de- uh, adults um, because those are the detention centers that we have here Got in it. Nevada. We have four. Uh, one is in Washoe, and then we have three in Southern Nevada. Um, I have clients right now at all three. Mm. Um and not a not a very high number um, cuz i i also do trials and those take a lot of my time in one person um right but i right now i'm i'm just checking in on them i'm checking in on their families who are outside making sure they're aware of resources um locally that people are offering uh
0: the UNLV immigration center does fantastic work uh they are they are doing yeoman's work out there um, with Michael Kagan running it, and uh, people like yes. uh, uh, Paloma, who are uh, amazing attorneys, uh, fighting for people whose, who are being uh, whose rights are being violated. Let's just let's just put that out there. Thank you for being with us, uh, Paloma. I very much appreciate this. You there? Yes, thank you. Okay, I'll talk to you later.
2: <laughs> Bye, Paloma. Thank you. Bye. Thank you.
0: Well, another episode of Impact has come and gone. Impact is a special production with KUNV, CCSD parents, and No Racism in Schools. Thank you to Akiko Cooks, who runs No Racism in Schools, and Paloma Guerrero from UNLV's Immigration Clinic. The music you've been listening to today is Foster the People's Life on the Nickel, And Vampire Weekend's Oxford Comma. Uh, Special thanks to the Robertson family for uh, a lot of the stuff that they give us. Uh, And we'll be back tomorrow at 7 p.m. Podcasts are up and running. You can get them on Apple and Google Podcasts. I also post links every morning on the Facebook slash Nevada Voice and Facebook slash groups slash CCSD Parents. I'm Carrie Kaufman. Thank you for listening to Impact.